What's going on, everyone? Hello. How we doing today, guys? Um, so, a little bit of an impromptu Wade Concept MMA Weekly this week. Um, we just kind of decided, myself and Kelsey. By the way, guys, if you haven't seen my girlfriend before, this is Kelsey, my girlfriend. Hello. Uh, she is in taking care of me. As you guys can see, I've got a little bit of a oh issue here. Oh, the shirt. Oh wait, the shirts. <laughs> Hold on, we'll we'll show the shirts. I'm having a little bit of an issue here. Had some surgery, and Kelsey is amazing, and decided to come down and and take care of me and be with me during the holiday season. Yes. Um, and so we are going to do an MMA weekly holiday special today. Don't look at me. You don't. You're not you going to get much. You are the brains of this operation. No. <laughs> yes, you are. Anyway, if you guys can't see, we're rocking our Connor sweaters in true holiday spirit fashion. You can see hers better. I think you can see mine. Yeah. Yeah. So we are uh, we are in the holiday spirit, and uh, we're going to talk some MMA today. Now Kelsey's going to take over the computer from here because I don't know anything. She, you know a little <laughs> bit. You watch <laughs> fights. You're a professional fight watcher. Yes. Um, but. I'll get all some some stuff out of the way really quickly, and then we'll get right into it, guys. Again, thank you guys for being with us. Uh, we love doing these. I think Kelsey even more loves doing these. I mean, um, yeah, it's fun. You know, just setting up the camera, doing the whole thing is is kind of an issue, but getting it to to entertain you guys and to do it in a, in a fashion that I think is really fun, and it's fun for her as well. So I'm excited to to be here again with you guys. Um, but really quickly, um, if you guys do enjoy the content, and if you are liking the show, I do have a Patreon page. It's at patreon.com forward slash Wade Plemons. Um, I will never ask you guys to give me a dime. I'll never ask you guys to, to give me any of your hard-earned money, I understand, especially with the holidays coming up. It's going to be a little tougher. Um, <laughs> but if you do want to contribute, uh, you guys can go over there, and uh, there's certain tiers. We'll get you certain uh, benefits to the page, but it helps support the show. So if you guys do want to support financially, you guys can do that. Sounds good. All right. And, uh, well, again, while we're on the subject, if you guys like the content, like, share. I mean, it is the holiday season. You guys want to want to give the gift of the Wade concept, you might as well give it to some of your friends by sharing the content, <laughs> if you like it. Like it. And then subscribe if you're new. Um, I will be fidgeting a little bit with this thing on, um, but let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about what we watched last week. Um, I think it was December 16th. The uh, UFC Sorry. Fight Night Winnipeg card. That we're going to talk about. So, if you guys want to go right here for me, we will go ahead and start with what happened first. So, the main card featured four bouts um, all across different weight classes. We had light heavyweight, we had uh, middle, or excuse me, welterweight in the main event, we had lightweight, uh, and we also had um, featherweight. So, the, the light heavyweight fight we had was Glover Teixeira versus Misha, uh, Misha Serkinov. And this fight was kind of, um, I would say, almost a gatekeeper fight. Where, sorry, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's her first time, guys. Take so, it easy on her. Yeah. Um, by the way, let's open this up so we can see if anybody's actually in chat. Nobody oh. yet. We got a whopping two people watching the stream. Woo! Let's get it. Um, but no, we had Glover Teixeira versus Misha Serkinov, and in this fight, you saw what was kind of the gatekeep, the fight of two gatekeepers, right? Misha Serkinov trying to get into that top five range. Uh, Glover Teixeira always being one of the best two fivers on the planet, but never really getting into that top tier, even though he's the third guy, you know, uh, ranked third in the world, he's really never gotten to that title fight, you know, with a John Jones, he, John Jones murked him quickly. Um, so he never really got back to that, uh, that title contention. So now you have a fight between him and Misha Serkinov to where he, one of these guys, the one that wins obviously is going to be the next up after the Francis Ngannou, Steve Miocic, or excuse me, after the Volcanoes, Demir, Daniel Cormier fight, right? And so in this fight, you saw basically what I thought would happen. You saw Glover Teixeira um, using his grappling after Misha Serkinov come off really quickly, really fiery with his punches, moving forward, really aggressive, um, and really doing you know doing a little bit of work on the feet, kind of out outdoing uh, Glover Teixeira. And Glover Teixeira is no no uh, no chump on the feet. He's actually one of the best strikers in the light heavyweight division. But he's one of the, these grapplers that really doesn't show his grappling. But it's probably, you know, his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu is probably some of the best, if not the best, you know, beside Daniel Cormier in the light heavyweight division. And so uh, he took this fight to the ground, uh, got the back, ground and pound, uh, the winner. And it was pretty quickly. Um, and what you saw was a guy that could compete for this light heavyweight title. And now, even after the fight, you saw him go over to Daniel Cormier and call Daniel Cormier out and said, I need this fight. Let's make this fight. And Daniel Cormier on commentary said, man, I'm never, never going to turn anyone down, ever. And so hopefully we see that fight happen. Now Daniel Cormier does have a fight against Vulcan, but I think, I mean, 
Glover's a different matchup. Glover's not going to stand and try to trade with with uh, Daniel Cormier like you'd see with Gustafson, like you're going to see with Vulcan because Vulcan throws heavy hands and he knocks fools dead. Um, and he's not going to do, you know, he's not going to John Jones him. He's not going to use that reach, that link that John Jones has, um, and keep that on the feet. I think he will try to wrestle with Daniel. A lot of people are, you know, don't want to wrestle with Daniel. He's an Olympic level wrestler. Um, he pretty much can out wrestle anyone in that light heavyweight division, except I think Glover Teixeira. Now Glover Teixeira is a lot older. He's not in his prime anymore. Uh, and this light heavyweight division is sort of kind of a, a bunch of dinosaurs right now. There's not a lot of guys that are in their prime, but, um, between Glover, Gustafson, and Daniel, you have three guys that really can compete for that title. And I expect him to go and, and do that. It was a great fight for, for what, you know, for what it was worth. It was it only lasted one round, not even, um, but you saw Misha come out very aggressive. This is two in a row for Misha, two losses in a row, so I'm not sure. I mean, the light heavyweight division is not going anywhere. There's really no new blood in that division right now. Um, so he's not going anywhere. But you'd like to see him get on track. You know, first the uh, Alexander, or excuse me, the Vulcan Ozdemir knockout, and then this. So you'd like to see him get on track and really start to, to implement some, you know, some wins in his game. And for whatever reason, you just can't do it. Some of these old guys uh, like Glover and then, you know, a young guy like Vulcan just taking him out left and right. So... You'd like to see Misha get back on the horse and, and really get a win under his belt, but a good for Glover. Hopefully he can get a, a shot at the title. What do you think about that fight? It was great. Yeah? Oh, yeah. How much of that fight did you watch? Um, Th mind you, this is my girlfriend. I, I try to bring her into the MMA scene. She does try. her best. She no, does her best to watch. That's not even funny because I watch it every time. Every I know. time. And she was, she was working. I was working. So, you know, we have a little bit of an excuse there. But no, I didn't watch it at all. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> She's gonna watch UFC 219, and we're gonna break that one down in a second. But we're gonna move on. Um, there's a couple. There were really good fights on this card, guys. If you haven't seen it, Fox will probably air a rerun of it in the next week or so. And I think that's how you watch one yeah, of them. Yeah, I'm pretty a sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She watched the uh, Cub Swanson Brian Ortega fight on rerun. So you can watch those in the week upcoming. You guys gotta go check out, especially uh, the top, th the last three fights on the card were really good fights. Um, next we had, and if you guys had gone back to my MMA Weekly last week, you saw that I was really high on this guy, Mike Perry, and that I really wanted this Mike Perry-Darren Till fight, and I was clamoring for it. We needed it, we needed it, we needed it. And he's just, there was so much, there is still so much about this Mike Perry guy that's just, he, he has star written all over him. He's not, you know, cookie cutter. He doesn't look like me, just tall, you know, <laughs> plain guy with no tattoos, oh, just, you know, all-American pale guy. He doesn't look like that, right? He's tattooed out. He's got the the kind of the faux hawk haircut. Um, you know, he talks really brash, but it's not like coming off as cocky. It's just the way he talks. It's the way he is. He's very lovable. I mean, he's the next guy you would think up in that division beside Darren Till, another guy. I know I'm a big Darren Till fan. I get it. All right. But Mike, <laughs> Mike Perry's another one of these guys, man, and he's young. He's 20, only 26. Uh, he can really make waves in this division. He's, he's a local guy. He uh, lives in Orlando. He lives in Winter Park. Really? Yeah. Is that the guy you were telling me about? Uh, well, he, right? yeah, he's the, he's the guy around here, and yeah. people, I mean, he's got such a fan base, even in just the Orlando area, that he can really make waves in the UFC. But um, in this fight, I wouldn't say he got exposed, but I would say there's certain holes that were shown in this fight. One was being his cardio. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ooh, shout out! Oh yeah, so <laughs> we're, I guess we're Kelsey's last name is Santiago. Don't search her. Search me. People on YouTube, weirdos. <laughs> um, but this guy, obviously, his first name Santiago. Uh, so Santiago Ponzinibbio was really doing a good job of establishing his link, his reach on Mike Perry, uh, where Mike Perry really was trying to gauge distance. I mean, obviously Mike Perry wants to throw hands, and he's got center blocks for hands, so he's going to try to knock you out. Um, and he was really trying to get inside of that reach. Um, it looked like he was lunging a lot. There was one big right hand that he landed on on Ponzinibbio, and it really. Um, what are you doing here? I was looking She's at checking. how many, yeah. <laughs> She's checking. She wants to blow up on YouTube. She wants us to blow up on YouTube. She's going to be checking the viewers a little bit. <laughs> um, but Mike Perry was really trying to get inside of that reach of Santiago Ponzinibbio and doing a good job for the most part of, of you know sliding away from punches. His head movement's so good. But about midway through that first round, you saw the gas tank start to empty. And it's because he had to move forward and pressure Ponz, uh, Ponzinibbio so much. And Ponzinibbio would just stay back behind that jab and touch him with the jab, touch him with the jab, move out, and then throw some big shots. And he was landing big shots on Mike Perry, and it was because I think Mike Perry got a little tired. The reach advantage was a huge deal because Mike Perry couldn't really reach out and touch someone like he'd want to. He couldn't throw the left hook without getting off balance a little bit. He had to lunge to throw the left. He had to lunge to throw the right. Um, and he's already a wild puncher as it is. That's not to say that it's, it's bad technique all the time. I think his technique is just a little bit different, and so it looks a little bit more wild. But when he's lunging on top of it, not only are you taking away speed from those punches, but you're taking away the timing 
that you would have in Ponzinibbio countering with the jab, right hook, uh, uppercut, cross, whatever he wanted, basically. Um, and also, Mike Perry, I don't want to say he's not one-dimensional, but he does have a lot to work on in his ground game and his uh, jiu-jitsu. And again, he's a young guy. This guy's going to be in this division. This division is pretty much murderer's row. The 170-pound division, not even, I mean, not literally, obviously, but to, to a point, there's so many guys in this division that could be champ. One through ten, and Ponzinibbio being the number ten-ranked guy, this was going to be a huge, you know, step up for Mike Perry in, in uh, competition. So guys, one through ten can pretty much hold that belt. It's just a matchup problem. We've always said matchups make fights. Like if you have a good matchup going into a championship fight, even if you're not the second or third-ranked guy in the world, look at the Cody Garbrandt-Dominic uh, Cruz fight. Cody was ranked fifth. Had really not fought, you know, the the killers of the one forty or excuse me, one thirty five division, but his matchup gave Dominic problems, and he beat Dominic. So he, matchups make these fights, and anybody one through ten could take on Tyron and, and put on a good fight, you know. And so you know, look for Santiago Ponzinibbio to to really get into that top five now and really try to 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 establish himself in this one fifty. There's so many good fights to make out of this. Um, you could you could take Ponzinibbio, and now that you know Mike Perry unfortunately has lost, he's probably not going to get that Darren Till fight. And now I've, I've after uh, after the fight, they're going to try to set, from what I, my knowledge, they're going to try to set up uh, Darren Till versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in London. Now, if that works out, we don't know. I know Wonderboy's team wants to to really push for that third fight with Tyron Woodley, um, so it might not happen. You know, he has to accept that fight, and someone's going to have to accept the fight versus Darren Till. You still have Kamaro Usman. Walking around, who's gonna? He's a killer. Who's gonna take that fight? Um, and so you don't really know. But I'd like to see Santiago Ponzinibbio maybe versus um, somebody in that top to you know five to seven range in one seventy. I think he would be a good matchup for a lot of guys. Even now, Colby Covington's probably gonna wait it out and try to get the Tyron Woodley fight, or he might fight uh, Rafael dos Anjos, which we'll talk about in a second. But I could see that being a matchup that would be really nice. I don't know how they would make that matchup happen because. You know Colby Covington's going to shake his head no at anybody unless they're named Tyron Woodley or Rafael uh, Dosanos. So, if it happens, great. If not, you know, I would like to see two different, two uh, big-time fights for these guys. I don't think Mike Perry's done by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's just growing, and this is part of growing pains. You get that first loss, and he even said after the fight, he kind of felt relieved, uh, kind of the Justin Gaethje effect where he was like, okay, I'm, I'm carrying this pressure. Kind of felt relieved, um, but... He wanted to get that that first kind of, and he's had a loss before, but this first kind of top tier taste of what it really takes to be in that top ten range. So I think he was a little bit relieved to to know that, you know, it wasn't anything. He was just a, a worse fighter. At it. The fighter wasn't superior. He was just he needed to work on that cardio and he just round out his game a little bit. The guy's twenty six. He'll get there. Um, but yeah, Santiago Ponzinibbio goes over. I wish I watched about. this fight because I have no idea what you're. It was talking a good about. fight, so no this, this is this is so it's kind of good. So people that are watching don't really know if they didn't watch the fight. So by me explaining it, basically Ponzinibbio stood behind his jab in the stand up. I mean, you can see the stats. He took down yeah. Mike Perry three times, and Mike Perry again, not the greatest wrestler on the planet, but when you get him tired and Ponzinibbio's tuning him up and he's coming forward trying to land knockouts, trying to land knockouts, right? Ponzinibbio takes him down because at that point, his one, he's tired. His defense isn't the best to begin with. And so taking him down is just gaining Ponzinibbio points, right? And so, come on, go ahead. No, nothing. nothing. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, you didn't see that one either, huh? Nope. No. Nope. 0 for 2, folks. <laughs> now, this one's actually a good fight. So, we, the card was kind of uh, in, in jeopardy after Josh Emmett missed weight going into this Josh Emmett-Ricardo Lamas fight. Um, he's missed weight a couple times before, so this is a discipline Who issue. Weight? Josh Emmett, this oh, guy right here, yeah. who doesn't look like a 155 or no. a 145 or at all. He looks like looks like 170 70, yeah. for sure. Um, and this guy's a big guy. He's a young guy, a team alpha male guy. Um, Ricardo Lamas, one of these older veterans, that, uh, and I don't want to say old as in all you know done for. Older veteran is in. He's 35 years old and he's been around the game, um, but was was favored to win this fight. Um, Josh Emmett again, one of these guys with massive power. Really cuts a lot of weight to get to 145, and it's a, it's a, at this point, and he apologized for it, and he lost $62,000 because he didn't make this weight. So apologies or not, his pocket's going to be $62, feeling it. $62,000? He was not – he so we'll get to the, the, the why he lost so much money. But Josh Emmett coming into the fight, one of these young guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, he goes – he's a team alpha male guy, so he's got that, you know, Uriah Faber guillotine, great hands, great speed with his hands. Um, 
And Ricardo Lamas obviously looking for another shot at that 145 title, right? Trying to get to Max Holloway, just like everybody else in that top four or five is trying to get to Max Holloway. Um, but this fight didn't go this, that way, obviously. So Ricardo Lamas comes out, landed more strikes, um, weren't really bad, like big, big time shots or anything like that. They were, you know, the nice jab, the right cross, really timing to try to get his distance and, and timing for, for Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett really kind of looked a lot smoother on the feet, looked a lot more uh, uh, fluid. And then came, you know, kind of one of these exchanges, uh, you know, a la the Cody Garbrandt, um, TJ Dillashaw fight. And I mentioned this during the live stream, the combination that Josh Emmett hit to end Ricardo Lamas and he, he hit him with a left hook and knocked him, uh, flatlined him. I mean, knocked him completely out. Did I watch that one? No, but it was like um, when I showed you the Francis Ngannou fight versus Alistair Overeem, the big uh, black guy that hit him with the uppercut and his head almost fell oh, off. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. It looked not that. obviously not that destructive, but when Ricardo Lamas was laying on the ground, he was stiff, toes curled the whole nine. <laughs> yeah, looking like Frankenstein. Yeah, it was <laughs> bad. Um, but Josh Emmett, um, you know, showed out a massive potential in this fight. And what it showed was there's he's a contender at 145 if he can make the weight. And what we were talking about earlier, this guy lost $62,000. So all the I'm sorry's, all the apologies, they don't mean squat. Obviously, he means it, and he's sincere about it, and I understand that. He even went so far as to, to grant Ricardo Lamas a rematch if he wanted to, if he would like to take that rematch. Um, but all those apologies don't mean anything when you look in your bank account and you've lost $62,000 because not only did he lose his win bonus, he had to give 30% of his purse to Ricardo Lamas, and he lost his fight of the night bonus because or performance of the night bonus because he knocked him out in 36 seconds with a left hand of steel. So it's a, it's it's a discipline issue. This guy can get it under control. He could be one of these these contenders of the 145 division. And now with Ricardo Lamas losing and Cub Swanson losing, you're going to look at Brian Ortega right after this Frankie Edgar. Uh, whenever they make the Frankie Edgar uh, Max Holloway fight, now they really are going to have a real potential for Brian Ortega to step up into that next number one contender after that. Uh, because it looked like if you know Ricardo Lamas wins this fight, he should be next up after Cub Swanson unfortunately lost. But now Brian Ortega undefeated, taking out Cub Swanson, choking guys out left and right, strangling them, using crazy jujitsu. Of course, that'll be a great matchup against Max Holloway, who's who's jujitsu looks about like that. You know, he's not the best <laughs> Is that on the good ground. Or bad? Well, you were just I don't know. That was a dance you just made up right there. No, no. Actually, been, been training practicing? for like oh oh she's been she's been training jujitsu so you're gonna show me some of those moves or yeah no well, well not I already all, did that's all. what happened oh that's what <laughs> I, yeah she wrenched my arm armbar it was bad we didn't want to talk about it on the podcast but unfortunately guys I got tapped um, <laughs> I see I don't tap that's why it happened yeah I black out before I tap out so. oh okay so okay I'm the tough guy <laughs> she thinks she's something but in this case Ricardo Lamas unfortunately uh, 35 years old. Um, it might be his time to, to really think about, you know, what's going to happen next. I'm not anyone to tell anybody when it's time. I have no idea, and I'm not going to act like I do. But Josh Emmett, you know, could be one of these guys. He's got to keep the weight under control. But, man, his hand speed, his movement, um, he, he looked like the superior fighter on that night. It, it was, again, the combination that you saw in the Cody Garbrandt-TJ Dillashaw fight. One guy, it was a little different because Ricardo Lamas threw a left, or excuse me, a right leg kick, and then a kind of a weak left hook behind it. Um, Josh Emmett kind of checked the leg kick, really didn't, just kind of ate it, but then wound up and hit the left hook, and uh, it was night-night time. Night-night. It was, it was time to go to sleep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see going forward what Josh Emmett has. And then we had the main event, um, Robbie Lawler, veteran in the game, 40 fights in the UFC, both these guys veterans, against Rafael Dos Anjos, the former one, the former uh, welterweight champ, Rafael Dos Anjos, the former lightweight champ. Both these guys basically fighting for a shot at Tyron Woodley's title when he gets healthy, and we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, this fight was surprisingly really one-sided. I, I, You guys that watched the stream, I had Robbie Lawler um, in a five-round war. I thought he would get better as the rounds went on, but I was concerned a little bit about the fatigue factor of a guy that's had 40 fights in the UFC um, and just continues to walk forward on guys, continues to walk guys down. And Rafael Dos Anjos wasn't playing his game. Um, Rafael Dos Anjos really showed good head movement, showed good movement in general. Um, the strikes he landed to get out of the way from Robbie Lawler and really kind of Robbie was cutting off the octagon left and right, and Rafael Dos Anjos was, was doing really well with his back against the fence, flipping Robbie around in the clinch, using the Muay Thai clinch, uh, grabbing that plum, and really using knees to the body, which you see a lot from, from Rafael. But Robbie, I, well, for whatever reason, 
uh, was very susceptible to. And using the kicks as well, his leg kicks were destructive, his body kicks. And Robbie just looked outclassed, unfortunately. Um, he even told after the fight, he said, yeah, you know, tonight he was the better man. But it was it was very easy to see that Rafael Dos Anjos, at this new weight, regardless, you know, how old he is and how much of a veteran he is in the game, he is fighting like a new man. At 155, he was depleting himself. You could tell that pretty easily. Um, especially when, you know, when he loses the fight against Eddie Alvarez, it's easy to go and say, well, I'm depleting myself. But then he loses again, and it wasn't it wasn't a close fight. Um, and so when he goes back up to 170, he's really murking guys. I mean, he walked through Neil Magny, completely Sunday strolled right through him. And then you have a, a pretty dominant victory over Robbie Lawler as well. I think this is a division for uh, Javier Dos Anjos, and I think – if if Tyron Woodley's healthy in time, he underwent surgery. Today's December 20th. Yeah? No. 21st? 21st today. Yeah. Today's December 21st. Tyron Woodley had surgery the same day I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, Tyron Woodley underwent shoulder surgery. We're best friends. We're besties. <laughs> um, him and I, we talked on, yeah. yeah. I, I talked to him last week. He said he was doing fine. I was making sure. <laughs> but he had surgery the 19th, and so he's going to be out for about six to nine months. Um Rafael is, is wanting that title fight. I think he deserves that title fight. Um, but now that he's out for six to nine months and Colby Covington's waiting in the wings there, you might see that Rafael Dos Anjos versus Colby Covington fight just because with that long layoff for Tyron Woodley, you need a fight in that 170 division to fill out one of these pay-per-view cards. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Colby Covington. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you see a guy like Wonderboy maybe take him on. I don't know what the UFC, what kind of deal they're looking for. If they're looking to make Rafael the new, you know, number one contender and kind of hold him off while Tyron Hill's up, we'll see. But I think, you know, with the with the long layoff, I think it would be in the best interest of the 170 division. Maybe not in the interest of Rafael Dos Anjos, but to have that Colby Covington Rafael Dos Anjos fight, I think would be a really good fight, and I think fans would want to see it. It just depends. It depends on what the UFC wants out of that fight. But that was basically the the UFC Winnipeg card. Um, I hope you guys liked it. If you didn't get a chance to go watch it, maybe check out the rerun. I'm sure Fox will have one on FS1 or one of their Fox Sports Go apps soon. Probably. So if you were to say... Oh, God. I know you didn't watch the card. No. But out of these guys that you've seen, and out of how I've talked about them, who do you think would would be somebody you want to watch who is somebody just jumping off the page just by looking at him who is somebody um, you would want to watch because i think this is a good a good test for people sometimes I'm pretty haven't i seen him fight before you haven't seen josh Emmett fight before but i think that I that um the way he looks visually i think he could be the next big thing in that division but i just think when you look at a guy and wow. this is good for people that don't watch a lot of of ufc and you do but you just miss this card i think that people gravitate toward obviously the first thing you see is what you're going to gravitate toward like yeah. oh who is that guy right? i mean i would want to see mike, mike perry, perry for sure right yeah. i think mike perry has that superstar potential his look is great and regardless of what anyone thinks yes the ufc is a fighting business but it's also a promotional i mean it is a promotional business you have to have fighters that look the part not just look like a fighter but look like you know your next head of your company the next guy that can can be the face of your company to go out and do radio shows on fox you know fs1 can do Colin Coward's show, can go to ESPN and do Sports Center. You want those guys, and partly that's why Conor McGregor, you know, <laughs> our boy, is so successful is because he has that look. He can talk. He's got, you know, the skills to back up that talk, and yeah. obviously he's the, the one-of-a-kind guy that you're not going to see for the next 40 years. Basically, just not. Wade just loves him. I might have a man crush. He loves him. I might. <laughs> um, but past that card, uh, we'll do a little bit of recap, or excuse me, we'll do a little bit of preview for the 219 card, and I know I've talked about it almost ad nauseum to where you guys probably don't want to hear too much more about it, but... What did you do? Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about 219, just because it's coming up. Ooh. It's the end-of-the-year card. Kelsey likes Chris Cyborg. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm so just give, me, give, me, give me your thoughts I'm, on Chris Cyborg. It's not that You've I like her. You've seen her fight once. Have I? Yeah, you saw her fight on the John Jones thought... DC card. I don't remember that, but... No, I don't know. I'm just excited, because, I don't know, just look <laughs> so so basically she looks terrifying is what you're saying yeah for sure she I mean, looks she like looks someone tough, that will yeah. destroy yeah. you know most anybody she steps in front of yeah and that's basically and the videos that you showed me before like she just she walks people. through people yeah and yeah. that's basically what you get with chris cyborg right so we're gonna go ahead and talk about the main event obviously um kelsey is gonna go who, who are you gonna go with before gonna, i even I'm, do I'm, any breakdown i'm, I'm oh look <sighs> How about I break it down, then we'll see. Break it so, down. I already know my pick, though. Okay. I so, <laughs> Chris Cyborg, obviously, is fighting Holly Holm. For you guys that haven't, you're living under a rock, or you just didn't have time to catch <laughs> so this. So rude. I'm just saying. I mean, it's been out for now, like, 
forever now. Um, they've got this as their main event. I guess they couldn't find the UFC couldn't really find anyone to put on 219. I'd heard a couple things about maybe Connor fighting on 219 or you know them trying to get uh, a mega fight to to really headline. But I think this is a great headline. I think she, this is a great main event. Is she 18 and 0? She's 18 and 1. Oh, okay. she has one. Well, she's won no contest. So, oh yeah. man. But. Chris Cyborg versus Holly Holmes is going to be the main event of 219. I think it's a really good fight. I think it's really good for women's MMA to really get that spotlight, you know, when they have two fighters. And this is a legacy fight for both fighters, right? Chris Cyborg, probably the baddest woman on the planet. Everybody's heard about this girl for years and years, even when Ronda Rousey was on top of the game. And, you know, she was murking girls left and right. She was running through the competition. There was always that one girl in the shadows that you heard about, Chris Cyborg. Well, she hasn't fought Chris Cyborg. Well, Chris Cyborg. Well, now Chris Cyborg's in the UFC, and unfortunately, we didn't get Chris Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey. It would have been great. That would have been such a good fight. No, you know, yeah. in retrospect, Chris Cyborg probably would have absolutely destroyed her. For sure. Um, even though people at the time, you know, Ronda Rousey was was the, the top, woman's fighter, you know, top dog. But you know, limited in her game, and Chris Cyborg, you know, to a point, is a little bit limited now. Obviously, she's a black belt jujitsu. On the feet, she's a monster. She's one of the best strikers, probably, other than you know some of the lighter weight girls on the planet. But who she's and she's favored in this fight, you know. But in my opinion, and I'm gonna go against the grain no. a little bit. You're what? gonna you're gonna say it before me. Go ahead. Go no, you go ahead. I was gonna say her. So you're you're gonna pick Holly. I was. Do you know why, or do you just no? Because you know every time you have like a set person in your mind that mm -hmm. will win, I always go opposite of you, and I always win. Oh, so what you're saying when I pick someone, I'm always wrong, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I was actually gonna pick Holly, but oh, I guess I'm going. With... <laughs> no, I'm this kidding. is this is why I'm not gonna pick. You know, I'm I, I'm picking Holly home to win this fight. One. Why? She's very, she's an underdog, so it's not likely that she'll win this fight but this is the reason that i think that she can win or the things she can do to win this fight so cyborg is has said this in interviews um this is her game plan everybody knows it she's going to come out and she's going to try to walk holly down well the chris, one thing yeah chris said, cyborg yeah. the one thing you don't want to do to holly home who is probably one of the best boxers in the women's division and uh, people forget that she's a, a kickboxer as well started in boxing transition to kickboxing transition to mma is you don't want to walk a very skilled fighter, especially in the stand-up. You don't want to walk forward and just run down, run them down in the cage because what can they do? They can strike off their back feet. They can counter off their back feet while going backwards. You see it in the Ronda Rousey fight with with uh, Holly Holm. You see, you saw her get booed against Bech Cohea for the first two rounds. That's who she lost against, right? No, she beat Bech Cohea with a head kick. No, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about... Rousey. Ronda Rousey. That's the girl that beat Ronda. That's how a lot of people know Holly Holm is the girl that beat Ronda Rousey. But the, okay, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. that's kind of her call to fame. But she has a lot more wins under her record. And granted, she lost the Misha Tate fight, but she was winning that fight until the very end. And Misha Tate choked her unconscious. It is what it is. It's the fight game. You got to be ready at all times. You can't take seconds even off because Misha Tate has a tight squeeze, and and Holly's not the greatest on the ground. Now, Chris Cyborg could take the fight to the ground. A Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Is she going to do that? I don't think so. I think Chris Cyborg wants to prove that she is this cyborg, that she is this walk-you-down killer that's going to strike with everyone knock everyone dead. I think it's going to play right into Holly Holm's hands. Holly Holm is one of the best counter-strikers in, in, in women's MMA. And, you, again, you saw it with Ronda Rousey. You saw it in Betch Cohea fight to the point where the crowd was booing her and Betch Cohea because Betch Cohea was so timid. To, and it's Holly's game. Holly's not going to come run you down. But Betch Cohea knew the, knew the danger there. Knew the danger of Holly Holm if you come and strike with her, and you decided, all right, whatever. I'm, I think the booze got to Betchcohea, and she came forward, and Holly Holm hit her with a question mark kick, a beautiful question mark kick, and and knocked her dead. So the way that Holly Holm wins this fight is basically her game plan. Just let let Chris Cyborg come forward at you. You know, handle the onslaught, handle the blitz. Has Chris Cyborg really found out a way to get down to 145 and still handle those cardio issues? Because it, Chris Cyborg pretty much cuts from 170. That's a 170 pound woman. And for her to get to 145, there's got to be some kind of, of cardio issue there. I think if Holly and Holly Holm's not a card is is a cardio freak, she's not going to get tired. I think if Holly Holm can let her run forward and handle that onslaught, handle that early blitz, because Cyborg's going to come out throwing hands. If Holly can handle that, and if she can strike counter strike like she did against Ronda. Now Ronda and, and Chris are different people, and Chris is a way more skilled striker than Ronda was. But if she can slip and she can handle a little bit of that aggression to start the fight. I'm not saying that Chris Cyborg is not going to catch her. Chris Cyborg is, is a very, very skilled fighter, a very a skilled striker, probably one of the best with Holly Holm. But I think if Holly Holm can find a way to handle that, that forward onslaught 
and come back in that third and fourth and fifth round in championship rounds, I think you might see an upset here. And I think it might be in the same fashion as the Ronda Rousey fight. I don't see this fight going to decision. I think Holly Holm might catch her and knock her out. Boom. Wouldn't that Let's be put something? money on it. Let's put money on it. Whoa. Just like I that? I think you owe me $10 from like two uh, fights. Yeah, yeah. I have it in my phone. I don't think so. Eh. Pretty sure. Okay, go ahead. Well, we'll, we'll discuss financials later. <laughs> but for now, wait, are we putting, you said you were picking Holly. How are we putting money on oh, it? That's not fair. I Just picked go her cyborg. first. No, I picked her first. Ah, whatever. We'll deal with it. But <laughs> I'm going Holly for now. If you see me on the stream with Cyborg, then it's because she wouldn't budge. <laughs> now. Other than that, we do have some really cool fights on this card. Um, some fights that are getting slept on, in my opinion. Obviously, there's there's the the return of Khabib, right? The return of Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, versus Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa, and um, this is an interesting fight because this is a fight at, at light uh, lightweight. Uh, Connor's you know still in limbo. He's not defending his title yet. We don't really know what he's going to do. But these two guys, you know, the winner of this fight is probably going to fight Tony for for uh, the belt, and they're probably going to make Connor vacate. If if he doesn't decide to c come back and defend versus Tony, the winner of this fight probably will fight Tony Ferguson for the for the uh, undisputed belt. And there's two different styles on display here. You see Edson Barbosa, who is one of the best, you know, a, a skilled one of the best skilled, highly skilled strikers. Are you going to do that the whole podcast? You do it to me every day, so yeah. <laughs> okay, well, she said four words the entire podcast, and all of them are correcting me, so <laughs> get at her. Um, I told you I wouldn't know this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Your fault. But Edson Barbosa is one of the best strikers in the in the lightweight division. Has some nasty leg kicks. I mean, he'll he when he takes leg kicks, or when you take his leg kicks, it, it's like he shatters your leg. Um, I've seen him in fights with leg kicks. Um and that's just to set up his high kicks as well. You've seen him in fights with a, with a spinning heel kick, uh, instant KO. So you're going to see a guy that's got really, really high-level striking versus Khabib, who will stand and strike with you. But we all know Khabib's strategy. He's going to try to maul you to the ground. This kid wrestled bears as a kid. Nuh -uh. That's a fact. Oh, you told me that. He act There's video of him wrestling bears as a child. What sure? kind of human does that? I promise you. We, it's online. you got to show me, though. I have no under... I'm, the Russians are, are straight-up killers. Like they, they just do you know things that normal humans don't do, right? And this guy's 24-0. The best non-title holder in MMA is this guy. Um, but he's been caught. Now, not to the level of, of being wobbled or even stopped. Nothing close to that. Michael Johnson caught him with the right hand, and I think Joe Rogan kind of overanalyzed it and thought he was wobbled and shaken. But at the time, I went back and watched it, and he caught him with the right hand, but it wasn't anything that stumbled him or wobbled him or anything. Um, so we haven't really seen Khabib in trouble ever, um, but Edson's striking could get him in trouble. If Khabib wants to to stand with Edson and Edson keep him off of him, which is damn near asking the impossible, but if he can keep him off of him, he can keep him at distance and land solid strikes and start to work those leg kicks so those takedowns from Khabib aren't as strong, and so he can't really plant his feet and explode into those takedowns because if he, if Khabib gets a hold of you, the fight is over. It's over. There's you're not getting back to your feet. <laughs> Over. Pretty much. It's done, right? And he's shown that many occasions. He's talking to Michael Johnson during the fight, telling him that he deserves this beating that he's getting, that Khabib deserves the next shot, and that you're not – he told Michael he wasn't going to get up and then proceeded to almost break his arm. So he's a scary dude. But if Edson can keep the fight on the feet, if he can keep distance, if he can land some leg kicks, really take some, some power out of the shots from – Khabib Nurmagomedov. This could be a fight that, that really shapes up to be interesting. Two contrasting styles. I've said it before. We've said it before in this podcast. What is it? What? Matchups make. Can you say fights. it again? <laughs> Matchups make fights. <laughs> Struggling. So there's just one ear and out the other when she's on the podcast, when she's watching. It's all right. I'll keep talking even though she's not listening at all. It's so rude. No, um, but no, matchups make fights. And with these two, you know, there's different styles that really contrast. And I want to see if someone can keep Khabib off of them. Because, like I said, if he gets a hold of you, it's over. So All right, we'll so see. who do you think is going to win this one? Are we making picks right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, if I was going to pick, and Khabib is a killer, I have, I'd have to go Khabib. Yes. You're picking Edson? Yeah, I was going to pick him anyways. Okay. I'm going to win. Mark it down when she's absolutely wrong. I'm not saying how that many, Khabib, Wait, 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 wait. Khabib is how, the favorite in this fight. How many did I win... Like, not we last week's fight, but the previous. How, how I don't many? remember exactly. Pretty sure I won almost uh, that whole card. I don't think so. Yeah. 
We'll have to go back and check the numbers because I'm, I'm having. <laughs> I have it right there. I think it might be the medicine that I'm on. I'm having a little yeah. bit of foggy memory. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, like, there might be <laughs> dumb. some pain medicine there. Um, no, she she whips me in these predictions, but not this time. Khabib's going over. I'm telling you guys. Um, and then another fight on the main card. This is actually another interesting fight. This is a bantamweight fight. Uh, Jimmy Rivera trying to get back to the title scene. Was supposed to fight Dominic Cruz on this card, but Dominic Cruz unfortunately broke his arm during training. He's going to fight John Lineker coming off a uh, W. Looked phenomenal in his W. Um, unanimous decision, but John, everybody knows John Lineker has hands of stone. And the way TJ Dillashaw handled him in, the, in their fight, no one's been able to do that to him. To be able to stop him dead in his tracks, use the takedowns to get him to the ground, neutralize his striking, and really win the fight not only on the ground but then standing up because John Lineker got so tired of defending takedowns the entire fight. Um, Jimmy Rivera only lost one fight. I mean, this guy is for real. This guy is is the the next in line, you know, depending on where Cody Garbrandt lands, and they might have him fight Cody Garbrandt. Um, and then TJ, obviously, with the with the belt and with the Demetrius Johnson fight, what's going to happen with that? We don't know. But these two guys are looking at either, the winner of this fight, looking at probably challenging Cody Garbrandt as the number one contender, or having Cody go back down and fight, or you know, maybe waiting for Dominic Cruz to get healthy and fighting him. But the winner of this fight is looking to get into that, you know, two or three range in that bantamweight division, and this is a fight that that you have to neutralize. Again, I said he, I didn't even know his hand, I didn't know that was his nickname, the Hands of Stone. But John Lineker literally has Hands of Stone. Like he hits didn't you. Did you just say that? I didn't even see that. Oh, when wow. I said it, but he hits you, and it's like otherworldly. It's not like a Conor McGregor uh, technique. And well, I'm just saying you have to compare people. And the one guy, I mean, I'm wearing his shirt, so I might as well compare him. <laughs> But it's different because Conor McGregor has such speed and technique and accuracy in his punches that it feels like he's getting he's hitting guys super hard. And I'm sure he has some power there, absolutely. But this guy, the technique's there for sure. The accuracy's there for sure. But he just has this raw power, uh, you know, almost like a mini Francis Ngannou to where he hits you and he just stops you dead. So this fight's very interesting. I think Jimmy Rivera has a good chance of winning this fight. Um, you just got to neutralize that that striking of, of John Lineker, and he's going to come forward on you the whole time. He's one of these mini Robbie Lawlers where he's going to walk forward regardless of what you're doing, and he's going to eat punches while he's doing it, but it's like it doesn't affect him. He just walks through punches. So, you know, the ground game, um, almost a non-factor in this fight. I mean, Jimmy Rivera is not really taking a lot of shots, not really going to be shooting and trying to wrestle, um, but we'll see. Pick we'll your guy. See. Um, if I was going to pick? Yeah, go. Jimmy Rivera. Ah, that was mine. All right. So, John Lineker. Why don't you start yeah. picking, and then that way, because I'm No, because we have to switch off, so I okay. picked last time. I picked All right, next. so for the podcast, you're going with John Lineker. I'm going with Jimmy Rivera. Yeah. All right. So, you guys heard it here. She's already took two, three L's. I'm 3-0, basically, so far. You said this last time and literally lost all of them. All right. Well, again, I'm having a little bit of trouble. I have Mem it on the What phone. time did I take medicine? I'm having a little bit of trouble <laughs> So... Uh, anyway, last fight on the – or excuse me, two more fights. We're, yeah, we'll talk more. about the girls. We'll talk about the girls. So, Carla Esparza, the cookie monster. No, you have to roll your R. Come on. Esparza. No, that was bad. Oh, that was bad. Esparza. You do it. I can't. Esparza. Esparza. Oh, <laughs> Puerto Rican. Nice. Carla Esparza. Now, say her name. Cynthia Calvillo. <laughs> Calvillo, yeah. That's pretty, pretty dang good. Um, now, granted, Carla Esparza is one of these fighters that's been around this game for a long time, has been in this weight division for a long time at 115. Um, fighting against a fighter in Cynthia Calvillo that's really got a rocket strapped to her back by the UFC. They want this girl to be one of these Paige Van Zandt-type girls that really shoots up the card. Um, I think they even put her on the... Uh, performance drink they just they just rolled out the body armor performance drink i think she's one of the sponsored athletes with cody garbrandt and francis Ngannou. um so they're really investing a lot of time into this girl and really trying to to you know get her to the next part of the card she's a team alpha male girl um and this fight you know the, the styles are, are completely different calvillo is a rounded out game it's not fully rounded it's not fully you know complete she's just really good she's good in, in all areas but she's not really good in any of them yet um Carla Esparza is going to be one of these girls that takes you down. I mean, she's going to shoot, you know, three or four times, five times a match. Um, her grappling is there. The reach advantage is going to go to Sylvia. The the leg kick uh, reach advantage is going to go to Sylvia. So I think the striking, if Sylvia's improved a little bit, will go to Sylvia. Um, or Cynthia, excuse me. I don't know why I could call her Sylvia. Cynthia. 
Jeez. thought you were talking about someone else. I just I brought three fighters in there. Um, it's the medicine. It's the it's the fighter they don't see in the back. Oh. It's in case someone gets hurt, I was I was mm. predetermining <laughs> that. But uh, Cynthia uh, can win this fight in a very different, uh, three different ways. Obviously, she's good on the feet. She's good on the ground. Her submissions are getting there. Again, these team alpha male people, uh, you know, men or women, come from Uriah Faber's tutelage. They're gonna know their submissions. They're gonna know their guillotines out their back, and they're gonna know how to wrestle. But the Cookie Monster, Carla. Esp- I don't even know if I like that. The Cookie Monster Why? is her nickname. Why? What What does that have to do with fighting? She, how is that How is that intimidating at all? I don't know. You know. The Cookie Monster. So I saw if I'm fighting the Cookie Monster, I think I'm okay. I think I'm <laughs> gonna be fine. She's probably not gonna make weight either if she's the Cookie Monster, right? Eating a bunch of you that's can't rude. eat a bunch okay, of cookies. We can't say that. Why? That's rude. I'm just saying, Carla. Chill with the cookies. Um, <laughs> no. But if if she's you know she's a veteran in this game, her wrestling is there. Uh, her striking's not, you know, anything special. So this is a decent fight. I think Sylvia or here I go again. Are you serious? I don't know who what it is. I think you're ready for your nap. It might be <laughs> Cynthia Calvillo um, is one of these girls. It's six and zero. Oh, she's trying. She had a close decision fight, um, decision win, I should say. But she's one of these girls that are really trying to put a rocket on. So in this fight, if she can win. You're gonna look at a top fifth or a top five to top three one fifteen or, and uh, you know we'll see what happens with that strawweight division after that. No wait. Oh, we gotta pick. I choose Carla. You're gonna go with the Cookie Monster, yeah, huh? I am. I, I would go team. I'll ride with Team Alpha Male, man. She's. I'm telling you, Cynthia's gonna be one of these girls. If if she if the skills are with you know as they look grow the as she grows, difference. it's a one inch reach difference. Two. That's a leg kick. That's a leg oh, reach. I mean, I was <laughs> never mind. I mean, just move reach. on. Sylvia has the reach, or Cynthia has the reach, but it's not by much. Move on. And then lastly, on the two nineteen card, this is a this is a fight I'm really excited about. It's the first fight. We actually went backwards on the card, but this is the first fight on the main card, and this is the return of of Carlos Condit. If you guys don't know, Carlos Condit was is is a is probably one of the no nope no Mr Miyagi nope is probably one of the uh. I guess biggest veterans in this 170 division um, with Neil Magny. This guy has again 40 fights, Robbie Lawler style, but he's been off a year. Carlos Condit has, um, and he's part of this this class of MMA that you saw with GSP, uh, which you saw with Nick Diaz, Benson Henderson, those guys that were around at that time. Um, that GSP, you know, ran through all the guys. Um, Carlos Condit was one of those guys, and other than GSP, there's not been you know very many fighters other than Robbie Lawler and decisions and stuff like that, that he really lost to. He's one of these guys that's been around. He's number eight in the division. Um, again, part of murderer's rope. These guys, again, one through 10 can, can contend for that title. Do I really believe Carlos content is going to walk in and, and beat up Tyron Woodley on his best day? No, I don't think so, but they all can compete. They all can stay in the ring in the octagon with the number one or number two guy in the world. Uh, Neil Magny coming off. Uh, I think his last fight was, it was the loss against RDA. I want to say, he might have had a win in between there. I haven't quite checked. But um, one of these guys that, that's, I don't want to say a journeyman, but been around the 170 division, you know, lost to some guys, beat some big names, lost to some bigger names. Um, and so I think this is a good return fight for Carlos Condon. I think that, um, you know, on the feet, Carlos is 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 more savvy, is going to have that veteran uh, ability, but is not going to really be doing a lot of takedowns. So I think that the re- there is a reach disadvantage from Carlos. He's going to have a five-inch reach disadvantage from Neil. But, um, you know, him being around the game, I've always talked about how I'm not going to pick veterans because they're veterans anymore. But this guy is, you know, has fought everybody, has seen everything. And Neil Magny's not bringing anything special to him that he hasn't seen. Um, so I'm going to go with Carlos Condit in this yes. fight. And you're going to pick Neil Magny. I was already going to pick him. Wow. All right. So that's our main card for the 219 card. And we're going to just brush across 220 and 221 just really quickly because we're, we're going to talk about more of these in depth as we go along. But um, just, some quick, just some quick news. Obviously, you guys heard that, that Steve Miocic is going to be fighting Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title uh, on the was it January 20th card. Yep. Yeah, in Boston, close to her. Uh, if you guys see her in the crowd. Nope, I tried to get you to go. It, hashtag Kelsey. I'm, I can't go. Lame. I know, I wish. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be, you know, that one's going to blow the roof off the place. And if not for that, you also have the Daniel Cormier, Vulcan Ozdemir fight. Again, those two fights. God, Vulcan looks so weird in this picture. I know, he? yeah. Jeez. Look at his nickname. But so does no he, time. though. Yeah, but DC's the champ. Come on, oh. now. That's the champ. Don't disrespect. I've seen him fight before. Put some respect on it. <laughs> no. Wait, when have you seen him fight before? You saw him fight John Jones? 
I don't know. Don't ask me names. I don't know. I I just, I don't know. The guy that head kicked him and he started crying after? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's unfortunate. And now DC, again, um, has only lost to one guy ever, and that's John Jones. So Vulcan Ozemir is trying to do something that no one else on the planet not named John Jones is trying to do, and that's beat Daniel Cormier. Um, We'll do a breakdown when that time comes. Just looking over the card, there's not a lot of big names on this card. In fact, I don't see any really big fights other than those two. Uh, but these are great fights. Obviously, there's not a lot of big, big names that would attract people to this card. So I don't know if they finalized this card yet. I'm sure they have. But um, the two main event fights, you know, the co-main with Cormier and Ozdemir and Miocic and, and Nganu are really the fights to look for in this card. Um, some of these guys, other than that, Ortiz, um, Volante, those guys are, are, are names that have been around for a long time. And hopefully you can get to, get to know these guys a little better. Um, but then... Going into the, to the fight, the next pay-per-view card is still being set up, but I wanted to talk about it just really quickly. The main event between uh, Robert Whitaker and Luke Rockhold. It's going to be a crazy main event for the middleweight title. Finally, they're giving Robert Whitaker that unanimous uh, title, unanimous undisputed, excuse me, middleweight title after George St. Pierre's obviously dropped the title. We talked about my feelings on that on the stream. If you guys wanted to go check that out, I'll basically it was, you know, I'm kind of split between GSP dropping the middleweight title. Uh, I think it's a good thing for the division. It's really good to not hold these divisions up and really let guys, uh, because it waters down the division, it holds everything. The UFC can't really do anything as far as bringing guys along and really bolstering guys that have no name yet or really are trying to get that you know main event pay-per-view money um, and introduce themselves to the fight world, right? And so when you have a guy, you know, I, I hate to bring it up, but like Conor McGregor who holds up the division <laughs> yeah. when he doesn't fight for a year or whatever it is, um, you know, it kind of waters down the division and then titles don't mean anything. You know, like Tony Ferguson's the, the interim champ right now, and his title doesn't mean anything because Connor's, you know, playing grab ass all, all all across Ireland because he doesn't want to defend his title right now. I get it. He's worth the money that he's asking for, I'm sure. Um, and he can do whatever he wants. He's worth $100 million. He doesn't have to fight again if he doesn't want to. Aww, but I hope he does. I do too. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm one of the biggest Connor fans. But watering down the division like that, is, is something that the UFC doesn't need. And so when you see a guy like GSP drop it, it shows what a true martial artist he is and how much respect he has for the sport. In the same respect, it also shows a little bit of, of what we all kind of thought, that in, in the end of the day, he didn't want to fight Robert Whitaker. Now, granted, ulcerative colitis is a, is a dangerous disease, and I don't know if he truly has it, if there's an excuse there. I, I'm not going to speculate because I don't know. But if, it, if it's not the case and he just didn't want to fight Robert Whitaker, it's kind of tough because you saw... GSP and you don't want to look at your heroes differently and you saw him defend against everyone back in the day but uh, uh, you know there's fights there's certain fights and Varasa Hobby even came out his striking coach has come out today or yesterday and said that he wants a mega fight to the point where he said he wants George St. Pierre to fight Floyd Money Mayweather well because, that's what we were talking about earlier yeah huh? because Floyd had come out if you guys haven't seen Floyd's come out and said he wants to fight in the UFC or he might go fight in the UFC or he would or he could and Dana White even had come out and said yeah I've talked to Floyd and he's serious well, I don't think anybody believed that. Um, and he's Floyd's since come out today and said, no, I'm not serious. I'm not going to do it. Floyd's trying to you know, keep his name relevant, <laughs> keep, keep people's minds on him. And I think the UFC is too. With the UFC, this TV deal they got coming up, I think they want to keep a lot of that out of people's minds. I think they want to keep other things that are interesting, like, oh, Floyd Mayweather might come to UFC. What's Connor up to? Who's the next fight for Connor? What's going to happen with him? Who's the next for Nate Diaz? Tyron Woodley, is he going to fight or is he going to have surgery? I think they really want to put these storylines in your head to distract you from the fact that they got a TV deal coming up and it's going to be a doozy for them to get the number they want and what's going to happen if they're going to get their stuff, their funding cut from Fox or ESPN or if they're not going to get the number they want, where are they going to do with their product? So I think that's more of, of them just trying to shine a light elsewhere and, and really keep that in the dark. But... um. But George St. Pierre is not fighting middleweight. He's not going to fight Floyd Mayweather. But his his uh, coach, his head coach, has come out and said, yeah, we're looking for a mega fight. So who's the number one guy in the UFC that, that could kind of match up with George St. Pierre? Who's the number one guy? Are you asking me? Yeah. Who do you think would be the number one guy in the UFC if you had to know today? I mean, Conor? Yeah. yeah. Conor McGregor. And so what they're doing basically is, is trying to throw that out there and put it in the ethos, kind of like Conor did with the Floyd thing, and say, hey, we need a mega fight. We need Floyd. We need Connor. And Connor can meet him at 170. I don't know if GSP could get down to 170. I think that's a bad fight for Connor. I think GSP is a, a bigger man, a far bigger man than Nate Diaz was. I think it's a bad fight for Connor. But, you know, mega fights rule the, the UFC at this moment. And 
and again, it makes the belts diminish, and I don't like it, but of course I would watch it. I mean, it's two of the greatest going well, at yeah, it. Of course I would, I would watch it, but it's just not good for the sport. But regardless, the main the main thing is he's not going to be fighting Robert Whitaker. I don't know how I feel about him vacating. I think it's good for the sport, though. And just, excuse me, just as I'm looking at this card, I see Mark Hunt versus Curtis Blades that's being put on the UFC 221 card, which I think is is it's kind of tough, man. Mark Hunt, who, you know, wants to fight, has, has taken the UFC to court over letting him fight, is trying to, to get them to let him fight with probably some really bad CTE problems. I mean, the whole slurring his speech when he was talking to investigators, really not a good look for him. So Mark Hunt has, has been knocked out a couple of times in the last couple of fights. Okay. He is having, the UFC was trying, has taken him off card since then to not let him fight because of his health issues. Okay. Also, and Mark Hunt thinks this is the case, the UFC is not letting him fight because of the lawsuit he has going on against them because they let Brock Lesnar fight him when Brock Lesnar was on steroids. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so he has a lawsuit against the UFC. He thinks that's the reason they're not letting him fight. Well, I, I don't know if that's the case. What I think the case is is because he's been knocked dead a couple of times um, and the UFC's worried about his health. Not so much as worried about him and his health, but worried about themselves as far as the liability mm. issues that go yeah, along yeah. with letting a guy that's been knocked dead and is starting to slur his speech when he's talking about certain things to investigators, wow. things like that. Um, he says it was because he'd had a couple of drinks. I don't know. I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna speculate on things I don't know. But he's gonna be on this Australia card against Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, a, a high level wrestler. Uh, if you guys watched in the first in the fight he had against Francis Ngannou, he wrestled a little bit with Francis Ngannou and threw him around a little bit. Hey, Oscar's <laughs> in the chat. What's going on, what Oscar? Up? Thanks for watching, brother. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I think Mark Hunt obviously is going to stand and trade. I appreciate it, Oscar. I appreciate you watching, brother. Thanks, man. Cool. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Hunt's you know going to stand there obviously and walk forward. He's one of the highest level strikers in the heavyweight division. He's got some of the heaviest hands. We used to know him for his granite chin, but lately, obviously. You know, once the chin goes once or twice and you're that older seasoned veteran, um, it doesn't come back. You know, you saw it with Grace. It goes, and it's for everyone. The MMA gods do not care who you are. They don't care what the name is beside the record. At the end of the day, once you, that chin gets seasoned, it's, no, it's not granite and it's jello. Um, it's going to stay that way. You saw it with, with Chuck Liddell. You saw it with Randy Couture. You're starting to see it with Lyoto Machida. You're starting to see it with, with guys that get into that range where they've been touched so many times on the chin. That it's just it, it it's not gonna happen. BJ Penn's having that same problem, so um, we'll see how that fight goes. I, I don't know how I feel about Mark Hunt fighting again. Uh, I hope the best for the guy. I mean, he's a legend in the sport, but uh, we'll see. <clears throat> we'll see what happens with that. Now, toward the end of the the, the podcast here, how long have we been going for? Uh, Fifty three. Yeah, not bad, not bad. So 52. we're toward the end here, Kay. and this is where you get to do a little more talking. Yay. Instead of just looking pretty like you do. Oh, gosh. Such a sweetie, oh, huh? Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, since the end of the year, uh, we're going to combine this as kind of our MMA Weekly Christmas episode, holiday episode. So you're going to tell me what you got me for Christmas. Not going to happen. Yes. Not going to happen. We're already bad at Christmas. We've already given each other a couple of gifts. Yeah, we're already slipping. That's your fault, not mine. I can't help it. I like getting gifts. <laughs> All right? Um, but no, we are going to kind of give... What has the UFC given us for this year? Like, what's the gift that they've given us? What's the best card? What's the best fight that you've seen all year? Oh, That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about our, our favorite fights. Go okay, first. for me, oh. for me, I think there's a couple of different fights, and both of them have to do with Justin Gaethje because this guy is a warrior. And if you guys didn't watch um, UFC 218, him versus Eddie Alvarez, probably one of the best fights I've ever seen. Uh, two guys going at it. And it was only a three-round fight. I would love to see it go five. But honestly, I don't think either guy would have survived five. Eddie was barely standing up. Um, Justin Gaethje was kicking him in the leg, destroying that lead leg. Uh, I remember that fight. Yeah, Eddie's face had the big mound on it from getting hit. And it looked like he was just swelling yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Gaethje could barely stand. He was so tired. Eddie was hitting him with big shots. Um, and then Eddie hits him with the knee to end it. And it was the walk-off knee where he throws his hands up. And the crowd's going nuts. And Justin Gaethje hits the mat uh, late in the third round. So he couldn't survive the fight. Eddie wins the fight by, by high knee. But, man, it was such a good fight, such a good back and forth. And they they both talked about it. They said, look, these this is going to be the fight, not for any kind of title. The only title this fight's going to be for is the most violent man in the UFC. And when you hear that, it gives you goosebumps. Because 
at the end of the day, we're, we, I care about the fighters. I think you care about the fighters. You don't want to see anybody get badly, badly hurt. But this is the fight game, and you want to see two guys go in there and actually fight and duke it out. And these guys did it on the highest level to really go in there and let it all go. There, I mean, there was technique, obviously, but they just let it completely go. And so that's my fight of the year. Um, you can't ask me what my fight of the year is. What's the f- what's one fight that you watched this year that you really liked? Uh, I don't know any names. Even recently. Like, you know. We'll just give me an example and I'll figure out the names. All right. You remember that one that we watched not last week and the previous weekend and that girl got hit so hard and her Oh, fit, God. Who oh was that? Oh, my God. Her face was so That was on so the bad. tough That was on the uh, tough finale card. That wasn't even the fight. That yeah. wasn't even the UFC pay-per-view card. It was one of the – so the ultimate fighter had run a card. Oh, was it that? The Friday night oh, before yeah, the main yeah. events uh, of UFC 218, and um, it was the Ultimate Fighter women's season for the 125 women's uh, division that they had just introduced. And two, one, of, I don't know the girls' names. We'll yeah, have to go back and look. Yeah. But one of the girls got hit, I guess, with a left hook or something. So hard. She got hit so hard in her head, and it looked like um, I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like <laughs> Mega Mine, except with a pale skin. It was like, just sticking out like a deformity so off of her so head. Bad. And it looked pretty rough, and she was fine. She kept mm. fighting, yeah. but uh, after the fight, obviously, it looked terrible. So that was your favorite fight of the year. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, your favorite it was moment? Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't what know. About, I don't remember. What about? I mean, my favorite fight, but it doesn't. It's not MMA at all. It's when Floyd and Connor fought. Oh, that okay. was really entertaining. All right. So Kelsey, yeah, yeah no, that that's a good, good fight. That was good. Connor lasted ten rounds with the you know greatest boxer of our generation. Granted, Floyd had a game plan in place to let Connor kind of tire out. Connor was, you know, trying to figure out the puzzle that is Floyd Mayweather. Um, and, and, you know, it, you can tell Floyd fought three different styles during the fight, which is crazy for someone to be able to switch their style three different times. Uh, it's so confusing in any kind of match, especially in boxing when the discipline's so specific. Uh, you know, you're limited to punching guys in the face. And granted, you know, Oscar said he loved that fight too. Oh, he did. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're in that specific set and you're fighting a guy and he switches his game plan on you not once but twice after you see his first shade, it's almost impossible. And just the speed of Floyd Mayweather and his endurance, um, you know, a phenomenal boxer. You can't can't not say that Floyd Mayweather isn't one of the best of all time. And Connor lasted ten rounds with the guy. You know, I would love to see Connor, you know, face the whole twelve, but. You know, that's what happens when you go in in your first professional boxing match. It was good, though. It was against one of the best ever. It was, it, was, it was good to see, man. It was good. It was so crazy to see the following of Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather mm. come together and make such an event that you'll never you'll never see that again. No, ever. yeah, that was cool. That you'll was never really cool. see anything like that again because two guys with that personality, that whole tour they did across Europe, back, you know, to New York, to L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing was such a spectacle to see. And you, it's one of those things where you're like, man, I'm so glad I was alive to see yeah. that. Because, and, and you're not, you know as particular with this stuff as I am because mm. I wasn't alive to see Jordan's flu. I mean, I was alive, but I was very young when I saw when Jordan had his flu game. You know, I didn't get to see Jordan come into the NBA and grow like I've seen LeBron James. And I I got to see Barry Bonds hit, you know, the record-breaking, what was it, 744, 745 home run, or 714. He hit 715, and I'm sitting there watching it. It's one of those monumental moments that you'll never forget in sports, right? And so, you know, you see Tiger win the Masters. You see all these things happen, and you're like, man, I'll never forget that. And it was that same feeling with Conor McGregor, and it almost more so because you're seeing something that not only won't happen in my lifetime will probably never happen again ever. Yeah, probably not. You know? that was so that was, that, was, that was one of the craziest things. And the moment, I guess I remember, the biggest moment of the year had to be Francis Ngannou knocking out Alistair Overeem. I've never seen someone get hit like that. Which one was that one? The the black guy that hit the guy with the uppercut and knocked him out. And oh his yeah, head yeah, yeah. Snapped him back like mm, that. That was bad. He was stiff on the canvas. Like yeah. that's the. I've been watching MMA for probably four or five years, more more strenuously as of you know two three years ago. Mm. But in my time watching, and granted, I'm, I have a very short time. The the sport itself very young, but in my time watching, I've never seen a man get hit like that. That was bad. Ever. I yeah. You showed and, me that. Yeah, and it was it was to the point where it was so quick and it was so devastating that it scared me for Alistair Overeem. It scared me for the heavyweight division. If Steve, May- Steve Miocic can figure out a way to, to solve that problem, more props to the guy. But You guys should do a Q&A episode. We should. <laughs> that would be, be fun. So fun. That would be hilarious. I think that would be great. I think him and Jamie are watching and she's giving him some pointers of what to ask. She probably is. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should do a Q&A. That would be great. Maybe before you leave. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Good job, yeah. Oscar. <laughs> yeah, Oscar. Plugging it there. Jamie's at work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 
you know, when you see a fight like that, when you see something that scary, it really shows you the consequences of this sport. And for guys to put their almost their lives on the line to go in there and say, all right, I'm going to take on this monster. And seeing that now, they're going to be like, all right, I know the consequences. I could possibly be out of out of my mind for about two or three minutes and, and on the canvas flat. It shows you what a, you know, the two extremes of the sport, the extreme highs of an Eddie Alvarez win over Justin Gaethje and the crowd going nuts and the crowd absolutely going completely silent when Francis Ngannou hits Alistair Overeem and knocks him dead. <laughs> and because it's so shocking, you don't know how to react to that. So that was my moment of the year, I think. I think that's it. Okay. You probably said four words the entire time. I told you from the start, I would not be able to know what I'm talking about. That's all right, you were here for the looks. The looks? We had to get some more viewers in, and you were here to, to be eye candy for <laughs> no, those No, look, viewers. my friends came in, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You bring more more <laughs> viewers. We'll just bring you on more and more. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be our show for today. Woo. Now, we do have UFC 219 coming up on the 30th. I think there's one more fight night in between. I'll have to double check. I don't think there is. But we UFC uh, 219 is coming up on the 30th, so you guys watch with me. I will be live streaming. I will be reacting to the live stream. I'm not going to be live streaming the actual MMA card. I apologize in advance. It's just I can't get my – it's copyrighted stuff. I can't show it on my channel. I'll get my channel shut down. So watch the pay-per-view <laughs> on your own, but come watch it with me if you'd like. Um, I was going to put our social medias, but we'll just say them. Um, if you guys want – to see more of Kelsey. Oh, yeah. What is my social media? Let's see if you know this time. It's at Kelsey M. Santiago on Instagram. Woo! Good job. At Kelsey Zero on Snapchat. Yeah. Are we doing Snapchat? Yeah. Okay. And then that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Yeah. And then, and then obviously, is, yeah. mine's in the description. You guys check us out. Um, yeah, I'll be back December 30th. Kelsey and I might be back for a Q&A. We'll yes, talk about it. We'll see. Hopefully. But I thank you guys so much. This has been the Wade Concept where we are debating, discussing, inviting you all have a great holiday. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? All right. All right. Bye, Oscar. Bye. Oscar, peace, brother. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Thank everyone for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Woo. Thank you.